0: to Hebrews chapter 12 Hebrews chapter 12 we're going to be looking at this text this morning I miss pastor Bishop uh love hanging out with him usually I think he you can let him know this I think he um, had it out because normally I give him therapy you know what I mean I give him therapy when I'm here and you know that he needs that you know so Uh, He's probably trying to get away from it, so just remind him that uh, he still needs a session. All right, he still needs a session. But I appreciate the opportunity to come and be here uh, all day today, and so hopefully enjoy the time around the Word of God. So in Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to read verses 1 and 2. Verses 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God." One lady in thinking about this text wrote a poem entitled The Race. Says I'm putting on my sneakers, going to enter into the race, so I'm cushioning my souls with God's mercy and grace. The contest that's before me seems a million miles long, and I must trust in Jesus if I'm going to finish strong. With him running with me, I'll stay focused and unwinning. The confidence he'll provide will keep my soul from sinning. I'll have a sense of purpose as the love will be in my stride and I'll stay to the course knowing he is at my side. I'll run with his strength. He'll provide the assurance. If I run with perseverance, the crown of life is my attainment. There was a high school cross country team that established some goals because they wanted to run three miles in 15 minutes. This would allow them, they thought, if they did this, to finish in uh, probably the top uh, five positions in the state finals. So the preparation for this was pretty arduous. Besides running each day, the team members were required to eat properly, to drink plenty of liquids, and to get proper rest. The coach instructed them diligently on running strategies... And for weeks, the teams readied themselves for each race during the course of their season. And you know what? The preparations were profitable. Because as they got to the end of the season and they went to state finals, they finished high in the state meet. Now, why did that happen? Because they prepared for it. And so this morning, in this service, I want to look at Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 1 and 2. And I want us to consider the race. Let's run a race. You know, God has a race for each and every one of us. It's not, uh, if you look at the text, you'll notice that it says, let us uh, run uh, with patience the race that is set before us. And if you you look at that specifically and you compare it with other scriptures, none of us have the same type of race. We all are called to different aspects. Now, there's some things that are similar, uh, coming to church. Uh, having a, a daily walk with the Lord, uh, being involved in different aspects of, of growth. yes, those are all the same, but all of us are individuals. all of us are, are very different. and if you study the Bible as far as spiritual gifts, we all are, are gifted differently. We all have different person uh, personalities. Each of us are made um, uh, very uh, with various personalities. And so God calls us and He has a race just for us. So I'd like us to consider how can we finish our race? How can we get at it? I was recently um, in a a group talking with a a bunch of pastors. And uh, some of them were talking about the idea of um, taking a break and and being careful uh, as far as your energy and making sure that uh, you're in it for the long haul. And I had a good pastor friend many years ago told me, uh, and he was talking with me about that aspect, and he said, you need to consider that the the spiritual life is not a sprint. It is not a 100-yard dash. It's a marathon. And you need to prepare that way. And so, uh, the Bible compares our run here on this earth as a, I think, a marathon. So how can we, according to this passage, accomplish that race? I want to consider four things this morning. Uh, With God's help, we'll look at these. And prayerfully, it can be a help for us in being good at finishing our race. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless this morning as we consider the idea of our race. Give us wisdom, guidance, Lord, as always, I ask for you to do that which I cannot do, and that is speak to hearts. We ask and claim your power in Jesus' name. Amen. So notice in the text, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. So the first thing I would like us to consider when we're trying to run this race It says, remove the impediments. Remove the impediments. Christians cannot afford to be hindered as far as hindered by other things that sometimes we put on ourselves. You'll notice that the Christian needs to take action. It says, let us lay aside. So whose job is it to lay aside these things? It's our job. You may say, you know what, I'm I'm having a hard time running my race. And you can blame everybody else, but according to the text here, there are things that we need to lay aside. Remove the impediments. Here the author of Hebrews probably had observed a foot race. Uh, I think that the author of Hebrews is Paul. There's debate on that, but I think it's Paul. And if you go to the uh, time that this... These books were written, the Pauline epistles. The the Olympic races, the, the Romans had uh, come, uh, had uh, adapted them too. If you go back uh, to the Greek times, they started those races. And they had these races. They had the Olympics, started in Olympia. But they also had the Corinthian races. They had the Isthmian races. There was four different types of races during the time of Paul's life. And it was almost uh, at uh, every season of the year, there would be some type of sporting event and people would train for them. And one of them, one of the type of races was foot races. So the day of the race, the runner would lay aside every weight. Uh, that word when rendered weight means uh, even it has the idea of crooked or hooked. Vince, uh, anything that is attached or suspended. And you may have seen people do this uh, when they're training. What do they do? Um, I remember I coached basketball for a little while and I could go and uh, buy things to help my players. And one of them was a, a weighted vest. All right? So you could, you could uh, buy this weighted vest so that you could help guys uh, maybe to, uh, when they're winded, uh, you would put it on them and you'd say, all right, I want you to shoot so many jump shots or I want you to do different things. And then the other thing that they had was ankle weights. And so sometimes uh, I would have them put on the ankle weights and we would do uh, what we called ladder drills. And so you're running back and forth across the across the basketball court and then they would take them off and they would feel as light as a feather. Now, that was the idea behind uh, laying aside every weight. Well, when we're training, maybe sometimes we put on some extra weight to uh, help us to uh, get used to when we're tired, when we feel like we're weighted down. But well, what does the Bible tell us to do? Remove those impediments. We, we We're not supposed to have those things on us when we're running the race. Greek runners, if you go back to the Greek uh, times, the Greek runners would run uh, with, uh, with very little on. And why was that? They didn't want anything impeding their race. Now, Christians, we need to take actions on the impediments that are hindering our race. There are some things that might be okay But sometimes what they're, they're not the best for us. They may be good. Uh, one man said this, good is the enemy of better and best. And sometimes there are things that are good, they're okay, but they're hindering us in our race, in our walk with the Lord, in our, in our work that we have to do. So are you willing to set those aside? You'll see also, um, that it tells us that we lay aside the weight and then it tells us the sin which does so easily beset us. The idea behind that is that this sin is encircling us. And remember that with our race, each of us are running our own race and this is very individualized. So there are sometimes things that may, you know, this person over here, This sin easily besets them, and this sin doesn't easily beset this person over here. And you say, Well, why is that why is that true? Because we're different. We're individuals. So don't be so concerned about all of them. Be concerned about myself and say, All right, what is this sin that does so easily beset me? And it's gonna hinder me from finishing strong in my race. We need to take action. not just on the weights that um, are hindering me, but it says here the besetting sins. But you know, it's also without these hindrances, the Christian can progress. Maybe, all right, with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. So there's a couple of things that we already have looked at. We're looking at the weights and the sins But think about it just physically. Here is a person getting ready for a race. Uh, Do you think that they want extra weight as in physical weight? Probably not. You know, those that are involved in marathon running or maybe it's in high school or in the collegiate level or even if you go and you look at the Boston Marathon or the New York Marathon or the other marathons that are famous around the world. You know, normally you don't see people with excess weight usually running. Okay, Um, why is it? Because that's going to hinder them. So. If I'm physically, if I'm going to run a race, I need to be careful and I need to be physically fit. Spiritually, what should I do? I need to be spiritually fit for the race. You know what I find? A lot of people put way more emphasis on their physical being, on their physical health, more than their spiritual health. Now, what do we what do we mean by that? Well, physically, what am I going to try to do? Physically, I'm going to try to work out or I'm going to try to walk every day um, or maybe it's running. Um, I'm going to try to be careful with my diet. I'm going to try to uh, be careful with the things that come in. I'm going to go to the doctor and say, hey, what are some things that I need to be careful of and um, you know, in your family heritage or in your uh, family history, uh, there might be things that you're more apt to as far as high blood pressure or heart disease or different things like that. So I'm going to try to know those things physically so that I can live a longer life. But physically, we'll do that. Spiritually, what do we do? Ah, It's not a big deal. So it comes to church on the weekends and it's like, oh, you know what? i got a family thing or I'm, I'm just really tired. It's my only day off. And so we skip out of church daily. Daily, I should be in the word of God. I should be um, helping myself become spiritually fit. So I'm going to try to read my Bible. I'm going to try to have a a walk with the Lord. And that means reading my Bible, praying. I'm memorizing Scripture. I'm studying the Word of God. I'm doing all of those things. Why? Because I want to trim the fat so that I can run my spiritual race properly. So you see in the text here, what's the first thing? If I'm going to be good at my race, if I'm going to finish my race strong... What's the first thing I've got to do? I've got to remove the impediments. But notice, secondly, in our text, notice what it tells us to do. A wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Then it, it tells, <coughs> excuse me, uh, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, <coughs> despising the shame. So notice the second thing. The first thing is to remove the impediments. The second thing, <coughs> excuse me, I'm going to fall over here in just a minute. Examine the race course. So notice we get that. In verse 2 and the end of verse 1, we're running with patience the race that is set before us. So this thing is set before me, but then I'm looking unto Jesus. So I'm examining the race course. I remember reading a couple of years ago about um, the car races. And you could go to NASCAR or the, what is it, the the Formula... It, which one is it? Formula something. Formula one. All right. Formula one. All right. I'm not big enough. Uh, you might have guessed it. I'm not big in the car racing. All right. But uh, you've got NASCAR, Formula one. You have other races. But good racers, what they'll do sometime is that they go out and they walk the course. And they uh, they're even uh, sliding their feet across the curves and they're uh, seeing where the the bumps are and different things like that. What are they doing? They're examining the race course. There are some races as far as running uh, that they they want to keep everything the same. So what they will not do is let anybody go examine the race beforehand because they want it a little bit unknown and they want to they want to the the skill of the runner to have to dictate it on the spot. But a lot of runners, guess what they want to do? They want to see that race course, because if I can cut a second, if I can cut a couple of seconds, I could be better than the opponent. So guess what I have to do? I need to examine the race course. Now, what does that mean? The first thing that it says, the race that is set before us. For us, there's no two races really alike. Each of us will have a course laid out before us. That is, uh, Christ, God, has a plan for each and every one of us. That is found all through Scripture, that God has an individual plan all for us. That's one of the things that, to me, is disheartening as we look at our nation. As we see our nation moving away from God, and you go way back even into the 50s, but really in history, you can go back into the even the 1800s. And in the 1800s, the seeds of this were started in the late 1800s. And the idea is that man just happened by chance. That there really wasn't a design. There wasn't really a creator. And so what does that do to somebody as far as life, well, you know what? You you make of it what you want. Work at. But when I understand that God made me, what does that do? That actually gives me a lot of worth. It actually makes me uh, step up and say, wow, God actually cared so much that he made me? And that's pretty special. It doesn't matter if I have uh, some disability or I have something that's wrong. God made me. That's pretty special. But He not just made me, He cares about every aspect of my life. So He's designed things for me. If I'm willing to develop a relationship with God, God knows the race. And it's set before me. So... The first thing I want to do as far as examining the race course is I need to understand that there's a race for me and I want to find out as much as I can about that race for me. The second thing is, so who knows that race? God does. So get to know him. And then notice in verse 2 it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The idea is, That He is not just the originator. he's The idea of finisher is He's the completer. And the idea behind this is that God has done all of this ahead of time. He knows exactly what we are going to go through and what type of race course that is there for us. And He's done it and He completed it. And how do we know that? Because on the cross, what did He say? It's is finished. In fact, in John chapter 17, in that high priestly prayer, Jesus said in His prayer, I have finished the work that you've called me to do. And in Scripture, we have good examples of people that finished things. Remember Paul? Paul said in 2 Timothy, what did he do? He had fought a good fight. He had finished. His course. See, so we're trying to examine the race course. And one of the things with examining it is looking unto the person that finished his course perfectly. And that is Jesus. We have an example set before us. Jesus is that dynamic for the Christian life. The Lord doesn't just model the way to live. He achieved the goal. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He enables those who strive by faith to be victorious. So then we said there's a couple of things, four things that help us to finish our course. The first one is remove the impediments. Secondly, we should examine the race course. Then notice at the beginning of verse one, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about With so great a cloud of witnesses. So we remove the impediments. We examine the race course. Thirdly, we should pause for encouragement. What does it say there? We're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. There's some debate about it. But to me, if you look at context, it's also context is very important when studying scripture. So what's the context of Hebrews 12.1? Well, Hebrews 11. So what is Hebrews 11? Many would call it the hall of faith. In the hall of faith, what are we looking at? We're looking at people that ran a race and they did it with faith. So let's look at a couple of examples in Hebrews chapter 11. It tells us, Let's look at verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen, as yet moved with fear, prepared an ark. So, here we have an example of Noah. What did Noah do? Noah was told to build an ark. He was supposed to do something as far as build something. Something that nobody else had done. There had not been an ark. You're building an ark. Why? Because you're going to float that. Well, if you study historically as far as Scripture, what do we know about that time? It hadn't rained. So he's building something up on dry ground. That's what most believe, on dry ground. But what did Noah do? He did it. He prepared because by faith, he did that. Now, if you look at the timing, most believe it was well over a, hundred years that Noah was doing this task, do you think it was discouraging for him? I think so. I don't think that... I think there was days that he probably got up and he was like, all right, boys, guess what? We've got to build the ark. We've got to build the ark. And it wasn't just like, you know, I can remember many years ago, I had a uh, a Dunkin' Donuts commercial time to do the donuts. all right? It was some guy early in the morning. Well, here's, here's Noah getting up early and he's talking to his boys and he's saying, hey guys, it's time to build the ark. But guess what? He kept at it. He was faithful at it. Faithful doing that task. And it is called faith. By faith, Noah. Look at verse 8. By faith, Abraham when he was called to go into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. Now, are there times in your life that maybe it might be foggy? Just talking to somebody recently, and it's a little foggy for them. It seems that there's everything does not seem clear. And I was encouraging that person to stay strong in faith in the Lord. That's who you can rely on. There are some times we can't see everything down the road. But I can, remember by examining the race course, one of the things I can do is look unto Jesus and Jesus knows my course. I can trust Him. I can trust in God. And so the the Bible is instructing us to pause for encouragement because sometimes we think we're the only ones that have ever not known something. Well, here's Abraham. He was told to move, get out and move. And where am I supposed to go, God? I'll tell you sometime. You mean I'm supposed to just get up and move? Yes, that's what you're supposed to do. Leave. Where? Where? I mean, so sell my house, get rid of all my uh, supplies, do everything. And where am I going to go? I'll tell you. I mean, so which direction? I'll point you. Man, that seems that seems a little unstable there. And maybe even some of his neighbors and relatives were saying, Hey, have you heard about Abraham? Yeah, a little cracked. But by faith, Abraham went on. Over and over, you can go down and you can see later, it's, it talks about Moses. Remember Moses and verse 23, it picks up with the life of Moses. And it says, and... Verse 24, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season and steaming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. What does Moses teach us? Noah teaches that sometimes we have to do what God tells us to do even though we don't have all understanding. Abraham tells us that sometimes we have to go where God tells us to uh, go, even though we don't know exactly where that's going to end. And Moses teaches us here in this text that sometimes we've got to leave the world and we have to leave some of those riches that the world says are so important because there's greater. There's eternal riches. And you see, by faith we have to see that. See, we need to pause for encouragement. Why? Because many times runners are encouraged by other runners. You know that's why they have that's why they have stands at different spots, Um, and especially at the end line, at the finish line. What are their stands? Why, Why do they have them there? They have them there to encourage people. Come on! That's why people will go and they'll sit in stands and they'll pay money. And why are they there? Because some of it is encouraging those that are there. You know, in our life, sometimes we have to pause for encouragement. There's going to be times that you're going to be discouraged in your race. I think that's what this is saying. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. It's saying that sometimes you're going to be discouraged, so there's a great cloud of witnesses that have gone before. They have, they have finished their course. And where are they at? They're in heaven. And I believe that some of them are encouraging us, saying, Stay at the race, finish the course. I did. And maybe sometimes you you slip and fall. Well, so did they. Do we read that? Abraham. What did he do? He lied. But that encourages me sometimes. Moses, he slipped up sometimes. But that encourages me as I go through Scripture. And then we also can look at people in, in past, like biographies, people that in the past, have run a race and, yeah, they might have messed up a little bit, but it encouraged me to say, stay at it. Stay at your race. Witnesses inspire Christians to be faithful. Racers run around a, a track in a stadium. And the runners are inspired by spectators in the stadium. Sport reporters often talk of the crowd getting into the game. And likewise, those who sit in the stadium of glory cheer on the believers here. So we said that there's a couple of things here that will help us in finishing our race. Look at our text. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us Lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Look at verse 3 now. For consider him... That endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. So, notice the third thing. The first is remove the impediments. The second is examine the race course. The third is pause for encouragement. The the fourth is work on endurance. As you notice, a couple of times it says that we need to have patience. And then it tells us to look at Christ who endured. And then at the end of verse 3, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. You know, it seems like it's telling me that I'm going to have to work at this patiently. That I'm going to have to endure. And I'm going to have to work at endurance. Endurance is something that has to be built. It doesn't happen overnight. All right? If you've ever tried that physically. Alright, right. Uh, Most of us here are older. OK. And as we get older, there are some things that, yeah, you just got to hang them up. All right. Just hang them up. Uh, So I I have loved playing soccer and I have loved playing basketball. But I hang those up. All right. Because it seems like every time I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) I'm still pretty youthful. I go out there and for a week. Um, my back hurts, my leg hurts, I'm going to get therapy somewhere. And <laughs> right? I'm like, okay. Um, I have an older friend, that one time, uh, he loved basketball and he was in his um, 50s and he went out and he did something and he went into his doctor and the doctor looked at him and said, how old are you? Stop it. Just hang up those back basketball shoes. You shouldn't be doing that. And, you know, sometimes... Um, we, we understand that, but this is a race, this race, we have to, we have to finish this race and we have to work at endurance. And so the, the idea is that if I'm going to go out and let's say that I'm going to, I'm going to run a, a 5k, I'm going to go run a 5k. Well, guess what? I, I don't get into running. I really don't. Okay. Um, i play I started playing sports, I think when I was in third or fourth grade, and I loved soccer and so I, I really got into soccer and by junior high, I was really into soccer in high school and then in college and then uh, after college, I coached, so I still was really into running and doing all that type of stuff. but at some between twenty five and thirty, I realized how much I ran, and I was like i 'm done, I have ran so much i 'm not running. Another step the rest of my life. OK, I'm done running. OK, so I don't run that much. So if I was going to go and I signed up for a 5K and I'm like, oh, it's September 15th. OK, I'll show up. And on September 15th, I'd loosen up and I get out there. You know what's going to happen to me? All right. They probably will never find me. All right. I'll be somewhere in the bushes and the weeds. All right. uh, I'm, I'm going to be uh, they, they better have an ambulance there. All right, helicopter, come and pick me up. Because I'm not going to do really good. Why? Because you say, so what did you do? Nothing. I'm just going to run a 5K. No, I have to build my endurance. I have to work at it then. In the same way, we have to work at building up our endurance for this race. You know, God does some of those things for us. So, you know, what? one of the things that God does to help us, With endurance. So notice in verse twelve, at the end of verse, uh, I mean, not chapter twelve and verse one. It says, "Let us run with what patience." Look at James one. It's just a a page or two over James chapter one, and verse two and three. Notice what it says: "My brethren, count it all joy when you when ye fall into diverse or diverse temptation." That means um, various or You know, different temptations. And it's not, this is not talking about sin. It's talking about trials. Look at verse 3. Why? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh what? Patience. You know what God does sometimes for us to help us with our endurance? He sends a trial. He sends a trial to help us in our endurance. So, When something hard comes into our life, you know what our first reaction is? Why, God? What are you doing? You know what he's helping you? He's helping you to improve your endurance so you can finish the race. Don't get mad in some sense. Don't get mad at the coach who's helping us to win our race. God knows our race, doesn't he? He set it before us. He knows exactly what we need. And so what we need to do is understand that we have to work at that idea of endurance. One of the real battles of running sometimes is a psychological struggle. The runner has to battle constantly with what? Quitting and continuing. And the author of Hebrews is encouraging believers to work on their stamina. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Sometimes we're tempted to quit. Do you know of people that have quit the Christian life? Or quit basically the endurance aspect of the race? Yes. All of us probably do. So what happened? Somehow they, did, they came to a point that I'm not going to run with patience the race that is set before me. Christians can become easily discouraged, tempted to slow down or give up. But we need to endure, not quit. The endurance is worth the effort. The encouragement to run with patience means to have a determination to master something. You know, uh, look at Jesus. It says, Jesus was the author and finisher of what? Our faith. And notice what it says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, Jesus is a great example for us because when he was here on this earth for just a little over three years, um, he had his ministry. Okay, so here's a little over three years that he has his ministry. And what do we know as far as studying the gospel what was his ministry what was it filled with it was filled with a lot of heartache a lot of persecution a lot of a lot of the religious crowd just pushing him in fact they called him uh, they called him a devil and the son of a devil they tried to kill him over and over. Remember when he went to his hometown of Nazareth? And there he goes into the synagogue and he starts teaching. And, and, and man, people were impressed. They said, nobody has ever talked like this. Nobody has ever taught like this. But what did they do afterwards? They took him out and I've actually been over there to Nazareth on that precipice. And you look down and I'm saying it's not just a 10 foot fall. It's not just a 50 foot fall. It is a huge, cliff. And they wanted to toss him off that cliff. That's his hometown. Wow, it doesn't seem like much of a reception. Over and over, what are they trying to do? They're trying to stop Jesus from finishing his course. In fact, Jesus, when he started his ministry, it's probably one of the One of the highlights, I would think of his ministry, is when he was with John the Baptist and he goes down into the water and he gets baptized. And guess what happens? A a dove comes down and lights upon him and the, the heavens almost open and God speaks from heaven saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. Wow! Man, that's the start of a ministry. But right after that, what happened? Satan's there. He goes into the wilderness and Satan shows up. And what does Satan try to do? Trip him up. He tries to deviate him from the course that was set before Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus Christ was here and he had a course set before him. And what was that? It was the salvation of men. Nobody else could do it. You know what? Nobody else can do the course that God has set. For you. Nobody else. God has a specific course set before us. And our example is Jesus Christ. And we have to work at that endurance because there is going to be times that from within, there's, there's going to be discouragement. And from without, there's going to be people, even Satan himself, to come and say, stop running the race. Hey, I got something that is better. We've got to work at that endurance. Endurance is worth the effort. The Christian life is a marathon. To run the race effectively, runners must remove impediments. We must examine the course. We must pause for encouragement. And we need to work on endurance. So how well are you running today? Some years ago in a manufacturing town in Scotland, there was a a young lady and she applied to be a superintendent of a Sunday school class. At his suggestion, she gathered a group of poor boys from the area and the superintendent told them to come to his house during the week and he would get them eat each a new suit of clothes. And they the boys came to Sunday school and then they came to his house and they were fitted in a nice set of like Sunday go to meeting clothes The worst and most unpromising boy in the class was a, a boy named Bob. After two or three Sundays of coming, um, the lady noticed that here Bob was missing. The teacher went to hunt him up. She found that his new clothes were torn and dirty. And she invited him back to Sunday school, though. And he came. The superintendent saw, he came into the class, into this lady's class, and saw that this young man named Bob was here again. And he said, hey, come to my house again. And he came to his house, and guess what he did? He bought him a second suit of clothes. Bob, once again... After a week or two, guess what he did? He stopped coming. Once more, the lady teacher sought Bob out only to find that the second suit of clothes had gone the way of the first. And it was torn, beat up, ragged, and she got a little discouraged. She went to the superintendent of the Sunday schools and she said, You know what? I am just utterly discouraged with Bob. And she said, you know, I just don't know if it's worth keeping trying to get him to come out. I think I'm just going to give up on him. The superintendent looked at the lady and said, please don't do that. There's something, there's something good in that, Bob. Try him once more and I'll give him a third suit if he'll promise to attend regularly. So guess what? She went after Bob again and Bob came the third time. He got that third new suit. He attended regularly after that. He got interested in the school. He became uh, an earnest seeker after the Lord. He joined the church. Soon he was made a teacher. And then he studied for the ministry. And that ragged, forlorn, runaway Bob became the Reverend Robert Morrison. If you look up Bob Morrison, he was a great missionary to China. And this Bob Morrison translated the Bible into the Chinese language. Now think about this. Here was a teacher and her race was, teach these boys. But it got discouraging. It seemed like some of them wouldn't listen. But there was somebody that encouraged her to stay at the race. There's a young man that because somebody stayed at their race, became a missionary to China. You know what God is encouraging us this morning? Let's stay at our race and let's run the race that is set before us. Heads bowed, eyes closed this morning. We looked at a couple of things in our text here in Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 1, 2 and 3. The Bible told us in the text to remove the impediments, and that's lay aside the weights and the sin that does so easily beset us. It told us to examine the race course, and that is there's a race that is set before us, and look unto Jesus, the author and finisher. It told us to pause for encouragement. Why? Because there's a great cloud of witnesses when we get discouraged, Pick up the Bible, maybe sit down with a, a Christian friend and say, "Man, I'm a little discouraged." And prayerfully, you'll get encouraged to stay at the race, but then work on endurance. You know, over and over, we got to run the race with patience. Could be this morning that God encouraged you in some area of your race, and you would say, "You know what? God touched my heart. God touched my heart." I I haven't really been faithful to my race or, you know, I've been a little discouraged in the race and I see in the Bible that that can happen and God used the Word of God today to encourage me to be faithful and finish my race. God touched my heart this morning. Would you pray for me? Is there anybody like that this morning? Thank you. You slip up your hand. I'd just like to pray for you as we close. Thank you very much. Anybody else? You'd slip up your hand. Thank you, Lord. Appreciate that. In just a moment, we'll have a time of invitation. If you need to use the altar or you need to pray at your seat, I understand that. Let's ask God to help us to finish the race that is set before us. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the invitation time. We thank you for it. We thank you for the opportunity to take the word of God. Lord, to open it up and to be encouraged in our race that is set before us. Help us to be faithful to it. In Jesus' name. Bless the invitation, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Standing, heads bowed, eyes closed. The piano is going to play softly. If God worked in your heart, you need to pray at your seat. You need to pray at the altar. You do that while the piano plays.